Sometimes I have this urge to put my hand in the toilet. <laughs> and then, so yeah, I've used Twitter. And then in the blender. That's Twitter. All right, Rich, Rich, Rich. What's up, Paul? Something important is happening. We have created a call-in line for people who'd like to leave a message with their technical product or other kinds of challenges. Sweet, like a helpline. I'm going to give you the number once, and then we're going to give it to you again. Ready? Do it. 904-414-2934. You're going to call, and you're going to tell us what's going on. And if you've got a question... We're going to help you. We're here to help you. Let me and, give you that and, number again. Ready? Go. 904-414-2934. Call yeah. now. So there was a day, Paul, where you call 900 numbers. Oof, that was a lo- I was a little kid. Yeah. And they charged you money. It got yeah. billed right on your phone bill. Yeah. But there were all kinds of services. It was bad. There that was, was a bad scene. But, Paul, there are some gems that came out of it. And if you go on YouTube... And if you search the crying number, it's a phenomenal 30 seconds. It's just people crying into their phones. And they're like, why are these people crying? And it's a 900 number that was like $3 a minute. I mean, that was back in the day. But if you want to call for free and ask questions. This is not a 900 number. You can call Postlight. You can call me and Rich. At what number, Paul? Mm, Rich, let me give you that number. 904-414-2934. Seriously, send us questions and we'll answer them. Rich, something really big happened over the last month, and I would say that people didn't talk about it as much as I thought they would. Okay. What happened? You've used Twitter, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Twitter redesigned. That's a very generic term. Well, that's a thing. They, they right? did. Th- so it is. Now, look, it's still Twitter. You put the words in the box and you hit the button and the words go to the people. Like mm-hmm. there's that and there's friends. Like they didn't change that you can favorite tweets and things like that. Because the core capabilities of Twitter haven't changed. Like when they extended the character limit, that was a big deal. That was a big deal. That's right. They went deal. from 140 to 280. And um, so this had been rolling out. There was a little guy that would pop up on your on your page for there for a while. And he was like, guess what? Big things are coming. So they wanted to tell you. Okay, so Listen, they had a little wizard guy. Just a guy. It was like a stock art kind of guy. Like mm-hmm. Just a happy, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. oh, man, big things are happening. Yep. You're going to be, you're going to get to use Twitter I some didn't more. see that part no, of it. No, I, I missed that. I had it for a long time. I was late to get the rollout. So uh, I see. What, and we should be specific. What Twitter did was redesign the web front end for Twitter. So, so the web th- experience yeah. around Twitter. So Which, this is a bi- this is a key point, right? Probably the great, great majority of Twitter's traffic is not on the web. No, but it's got to be significant, right? But yes, the, the it's it's iOS, it's Android, it's the native apps it's the for phones. different phones. People are using Twitter on their phones. That's right. Okay. That's right. So, but nonetheless, it's the Twitter web application. That's a big deal. Huge and numbers. Also, to be clear, you might access that on other devices too. Like, I mean, it's not just purely for the web. Like, there's a there's an Android version of the web app that runs really well. I'm sure there is. So, I'm sure there is. It's good. So. No. So what, Paul? Well, this What's is the big deal here. I, I saw a little bit of this, and it's kind of meta to hear Twitter complaining about Twitter on Twitter. They didn't redesign it to the point where everybody like was like good design. Everybody immediately well, that, complained about it well, on Twitter. Let me ask you that question, and this is a general question you can ask about design. Is anyone ever going to universally say that? 
No, I mean, I, I think I, I have a thing that I wrote years ago that people trot out a lot at, at the times of big redesigns in which I said that the fundamental question of the web is why wasn't I consulted? Like people feel very connected. Uh, a seminal essay, but, I will say. Thank you. But I mean, like people feel very connected to these things that they use every day and they have very, very strong reactions. And you know what? We're not... Explain your, your piece yeah, for a second. You. I think it's important that people understand it because I think what's funny about that piece is I think it actually transcends the web. And I think the way web and social media works today, it's elevated beyond that. So why wasn't I consulted isn't about changing some colors and on a web page. I think it's much bigger than that. So well, what th- happened to... We used to be real passive when the price is right was on. It was like, That's oh, right. And the price is right ends. Look, I remember when I was a kid, there was a company, a computer company that came out of, was merged from other computer companies and they renamed themselves Unisys. Okay, that sounds like a bad idea. It was bad. And I just remember my dad seeing the 8 millionth commercial that was like, Data Monster and Consolidated Undulating Prong have now merged to become Unisys. Okay. And my dad just turned to me and went, as a Dumb freaking name. Like, it just pissed him off, right? But then he, that, that was it. He went back to the paper. <laughs> right, right. right. Like, what, are you gonna, what are you going to do? You can't, yeah, he's not going to go on a mission. Look, I mean, so the first Which thing- we all do. That's a shitty song. That's a dumb movie. Here's what's different, is that social media, and this is Twitter, right, has given you, and you could argue whether it's real or an illusion, but a sense of true power and authority that you didn't have before. Unisys shows up in my dad's life and he's like, ah, bullshit. And then he goes back because what's he going to do? He's going to call the branding company and be like, hey, uh, I tracked you down. Don't like that name. Not going to fly. What is what is the point of putting that effort into a brand that's already been built and out there? Probably planned out for months and months and years. In the 80s, like who the hell gives who cares? So what changed? Why? Why? This is my the, the title of the why wasn't I consulted piece is actually that the web People are like, well, what is the web all about? And they've been asking this since the web showed up. My argument is that it's kind of foundationally a customer service medium. It's about giving people the things they want in order to do things, right? And it's a little meta. I would hope you'd go read the piece before you immediately react to how I just described it. But the, the point is that like people like to talk and they like to have opinions and they like to sort of exercise their authority. And, they, and the web is incredibly good and useful when you are providing a service to people to help them figure things out for themselves. But I think you made this point in the piece, and I may be wrong, so you correct might, me. I don't know if I uh, remember it either I now. think they view the platform as theirs. Oh, this God, is yeah. mine. Oh, God, yeah. Why did you touch what was mine? Well, look, and everybody views every platform that way. It's just that most platforms didn't come with a built-in feedback loop. So TV, people would have to do letter writing campaigns. And then you'd have to get the paper to say, we're doing a letter writing campaign. Like It wasn't yeah. organic. The, the, how did you affect change, right? It takes legwork. You know what's interesting to me is that today, I feel like there is, there is the rise of the protest today. Yes, that's Let's right. gather, assemble, go, and protest. There's more of it. It's very animated. It's very active. And what's funny is that you would think that the protest would die. 
because we have all these amazing tools to sort of come together and create groups and threads and this and that and likes, but people still feel the need that they have to go to the city hall, go You're to right. the building. Well, I mean, let's be clear, they kind of do. Everybody's developing an immune system around social media, mm-hmm. and they're like, oh, well, you know, mm-hmm. we here at United take your concerns very seriously, and right. we'd like to talk to you. Can I DM you? You know, and they, they, right. they send that. City hall is still the way. The only problem with city hall, if you are used to being able to publish and have people pay attention to you is that it, it, it's a multi-year process to get people to listen to you and pay attention. So your argument is essentially that, you know, read Twitter getting redesigned and they knew this was going to happen. It's their platform. It's not Twitter's, even though Twitter is a commercial business that has employees that sells ads, right? I mean, that's what Twitter is, but it, it belongs to the, to the users. It belongs to the people. Here, you, why did you touch the thing? Here's what's tricky is like without the users, there is no product, right? But any one user is only one out of half a billion or maybe. Correct. I can't remember how many Twitter users there are. Right. It's probably something like 3,000 by this point because there's always less every time you look. But unlike your dad, I can go on there and thousands of people will hear me. And I'm a nobody. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not a nobody. I have thousands of followers. You have tens of thousands of followers. If you said you didn't like something about Twitter, that's going to have real... It's not going to have probably any real impact. Well, see, I'm in a stage in my life where I'm not going to say that on Twitter because people who are like connected to that design process are going to get their feelings hurt and have opinions about what I say. And then I'm in the position of having a full-time job defending my opinions about the design of Twitter. Yeah, I I, I could almost write down your ground rules of using Twitter. I've seen it. It's like silly jokes. Silly jokes and... Oh my God, it took an extra 20 minutes to get my kid to school today. Yeah, and let me tell exactly you why it. the funny story. Yeah, I'll tell you why. Because sincerity is a nightmare on that platform. You can't be sincere. You look like an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> at least at scale, right? So it's just silly jokes, but not too silly because I don't want to be too weird and I don't want to alien. It's just horrible. Anyway, regardless, I love it. I do enjoy using it. It's just horrible. So they redesigned this thing. And I, yeah, I got tagged in because people were like, looks like some more work. Why wasn't I consulted? And then they linked and people are fighting. Oh, they did? Oh, yeah. People okay. are, the, a former VP of product is fighting in, in my mentions. And I'm like, okay. Really? Oh, yeah. I saw the redesign. I mean, we're, we're talking at sort of this abstract kind of meta, almost so, social level. This is something that any designer, any design team is going to have. Can you imagine what is going on when that design team is watching that thing roll well, out. Let's stop for a sec. You've seen it. I've seen it. I've been spending time with it. What do you think of it? I'm going to preface. I'm not a, an intense Twitter user. I find that, you know, the timeline is the whole world. Mm-hmm. My browser runs wide mm-hmm. and there's all this bullshit on the sides is my general gut feeling about it. It was a little weird in the beginning, just because change is weird. Yeah, I have they, a saying they, around design. They changed it. They changed it, right? And and people get good around bad habits. Yeah, they really do. Right? They get, and it's almost it's harder to let go of bad habits than good ones. Well, you get real fast at them and yeah. good at them. Like we have a client right now that we're sitting down with users and they're doing these insane things and they're doing them very efficiently but they're crazy complicated unnecessary things oh yeah but they've gotten they become masters at them yeah. right so if you take i'm gonna hit my you know command control left move the window to the right and, and enter Shiverish. the five things into the box 
crazy sequence, yeah. and they've got it down. It's muscle memory at this point. Right. It's like, and our, it could be a drop down menu, and it would be fine. And so I think people get get accustomed to things. I think your eye uh, trains itself. The brain trains itself. There's a distinction that's made between what's called short and long term memory, not in terms of remembering things, mm-hmm. but in terms of how information gets turned into sort of lower level code. And what happens is when you're consciously thinking, like when you learn to drive, you're very much consciously thinking about my hand is now on the stick and my hands are on the wheel. What happens eventually is your brain files it away to this place where in fact your conscious memory is no longer really dealing with it. It becomes hardwired. Riding a bike is like that. You, You don't, you eventually forget that your legs are moving. Yeah, exactly. That's the exactly. And I think people, I think for interfaces, it's one of the great challenges, which is when you touch things, you have to be very careful about it because you have a mass of people who can yell at you well, there's <laughs> that, that have hardwired how they use a thing, right? right? And that's a pretty universal rule around anything you're going to touch. Great design barrels through that, but the greatest design, it doesn't feel like they changed much. I feel like it just feels like normal mm-hmm. to go to the new thing and like, oh, finally, that feels so good. They finally did that. But that's hard. Well, Rich, guess what time it is? What time is it, Paul? It's time for Hello Postlight, the segment of Track Changes, when we get to know someone who works at Postlight. I love this segment. It is the best thing that's it's ever happened. It's relatively new, but I love America. it. America. It is. Yeah. Who do we have today? Let's let them tell us. Who are you here in our studio? Hi there. I'm Amay Reed, one of the directors of product design here at Postlight. Welcome, Amay. Thank you. We should point out to people that even though your name is spelled A-I-M-E, accent over the E. What is that called? It's an accent aigu. Oh, okay. Yeah. So guys, accent, accent aigu. Yeah. And then there's another E on the There's end. another E because yeah. it's a feminine. So my name is actually the verb. It's M-A. It's spelled A-I-M-E-R in French. Okay. And it means to love or beloved. Now that's how you do a name. Serious. I had yeah. nothing to do with it. I just learned how to answer to it is what I always say. Tell us how you got into this gig. Well, it's been pretty roundabout. I mean, I have had one of those backgrounds where I kind of dabbled in everything. So, you know, I was a baker. I worked as a curator. I was an art writer for a while. I worked in publishing. But this job was one of those jobs where I kind of fell into it and Mm -hmm. had a knack and was really excited about it. So, yeah, I feel pretty lucky because I really love what I'm doing. So Lots of flavors of design in this world. There's UI. I learned the difference between UI and UX like two weeks ago. So we're going to. We, we trumpet design here at Postlight. Is that when I started here? No, just uh, working on it. So we talk about product design at Postlight. Define that for us, M.A. Yeah, I mean, again, it's like my take, I think, is also going to be up for arguments with people out in the world doing their version of product design. But for me, the way that I've always you know, defined product design is really being able to be that person to be able to see and be a steward of that product throughout the cycle. And you actually have to think about how the user is going through it. And that also informs what the user sees. So you need to be a holistic thinker in terms of doing product design. It's not just about what colors the CTA, et cetera, stuff like that. Wait, wait, pause. CTA for everyone. Oh, I'm so sorry. Call to action button. There there we go. The thing thing you're supposed to click on, basically. Exactly. I I just learned that now. Ah. (laughs) When you say cycle, do you mean 
hang around while it actually gets built? Like when you say cycle, what do you mean by cycle? When I mean cycle, I mean from the minute you're going in and asking whoever you're building it for, whether you're in-house, you know, if it's a stakeholder or a client and they're saying, we want this thing and you're up there saying, okay, why? What What do you want? Who are we building this for? Why are we building this? How's the, how are we solving this? And being able to work with everyone along the way because I feel like every, no matter what, if you're a designer or a PM or an engineer, you're doing the same things but you're doing it to be able to define how you can input into that product and help the team build out that product as well. I mean, what should that first meeting be like? You're a good relationship person. How? What is the way to build that relationship with the client or the stakeholder where they're going to trust you to do work for them? Yeah, I mean, for me, it's a lot of just asking them questions. I never like to go in and act like I know everything because I just don't. I mean, A, but B, I don't want to come in there with a preconceived notion of what they need. And, and I feel like a lot of the times, if you can listen to them and ask the right questions, you can sometimes make sure that you're actually going to give them the right solve as well. People love it when you approach them humbly and ask them for their expertise. You worry. I used to worry a lot that I'd be, you know, like, they don't have time for me. But actually, people like to talk about their thing. And you're building a partnership with them, too. So it's right. you're like making them feel at ease that they're building trust in you, that you're actually going to build something for them that they want. And that's mm-hmm. going to be good for their business as well. Exactly. Let me throw you a curveball. You got to a good place. You validated it. You went back out to the users, got, did some testing. And the client won't let it go, wants to keep fiddling with it. And you need to move on. You know that we're at the right place. You know you're at the right place. But every so often you get that note from the client saying, I just, let's play with this some more. And you don't, you really shouldn't. How do you get a client to do something that you know they shouldn't do? Yeah, I mean, I feel like there's two ways you could do that. I mean, the first one, the most simplistic answer to that is a little terminology I like to call phase two. So let's move that to phase two. Oh, man, you know, that way we can get secrets. phase one done and you get that iteration in there, right? But secondly, I mean, I feel like there's only so much you can do, right? And so, I mean, I've been in that position many, many, many times. And and it's something that I have to work on. It's like you have to have that patience with them. Yeah, because you're also part of like your therapist, your teacher, your friend, you're an educator. Like you have to like talk them through it. So as long as you're doing your due diligence and you're informing them and you're, you know, documenting why you think this is not a good way and you know all those things and you've done what you need to do to be that good partner to them and they still decide I mean ultimately they're paying the bills and so you have to like let them do that but if you can say that along the way that you tried the best that you could to inform them and they didn't take it I mean that's not really on you it's like if you don't take that time to try to reason with them or educate them or not then that's on us. You know, you said something that stuck in my head, which is that people sort of open the door for you. What do we need to be doing, not just post-light, in general, to keep doors open? One of the biggest problems, and I'm going to talk about within design specifically, not just the industry, but design specifically, is that people, I feel like, sometimes get... I don't want to say the word jaded, but they feel like they have all the answers. And that's when the doors start closing because you're just not having the patience to still be in that kind of enigma state of wondering, pushing, evolving, et cetera, and all that stuff. So I think that that's one of the things that's probably one of the biggest problems is that when people are like, oh, they just need this. Oh, let's get to that quick solve fast. Mm -hmm. I think that's when sometimes we falter. I know exactly what I need. And it's we're going to just stick to this path and assume that we have the solution already. Right, exactly. Okay, that's good. It's very meta. It's something to think about. Where do you go for inspiration? You know, I come from a really art-heavy background. So, you know, a lot of the times I'm looking at our arts, art websites, 
friends shows, reading about art articles, etc., all that kind of stuff. So fine art. Fine art okay. is a huge, huge influence for me. Just Contemporary, because, historical. I mean, all of it. I mean, I love everything from Vermeer to like Barbara Kruger mm-hmm. to tattoo artists right now. You know, there's there's that visual design is in a lot of different areas and it manifests itself in different areas. So I'm always kind of looking at like film, you know, to me, there's no such thing as like one art form i'm looking at all the art forms so it's interesting right because the brain works funny that way i mean you solve sort of nasty very kind of basic fundamental functional problems in good product design but what you're saying is get out there let your brain be exposed to all kinds of art in all kinds of places and that'll actually improve your work in sort of again the more basic product design problem solving and creative problem solving and such it just makes me think about i remember one conversation rich you and i had where you were like wow you really know what you don't like and that's another thing is like i know a lot of things that i don't like whether it's like in website patterns or mobile apps and i'll take screenshots or i'll like you know, document that because That's definitely something you have in common with Rich. <laughs> can I can I just throw out an MA compliment right now? I'm the, I'm the co-founder of the company, right? So when I say, "Well, isn't this cool?" and I should I point out a movie or a band or whatever, everybody's like, "Yeah, Rich, that's cool." MA has consistently said to me, well, "Rich, that's pretty shitty. That thing you listened to yesterday, it's yeah. kind of terrible, actually." And I'm like, "Wow." She's great. That's an exaggeration. <laughs> it's a bit of an exaggeration. I feel like I have a better pretty... nuance than that. Look, yeah. here's what I... Yeah. A- agencies are, <laughs> are groupings of people who are kind of together through a little bit of accident and destiny. And so she's like, she's not going to change her life around you. It's refreshing is yeah. all I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, it's I feel great. like I'm I... very respectful about it though, right? No, am I you not? aren't. It was not at that extreme. It's like, is this an intervention? Mm-hmm. No, it was more like, you know, that's not my thing, Rich. It's, it's yours. Yeah. That's fine. And, you know, I'm looking at myself saying, wow, I have no taste. And she no, but does. See, that's a healthy, clear boundary. I, at this point, feel I need to scream at you just to stop you from this talking. Isn't, this isn't about me. This is no, about MA. Not. Is there any one thing people should, should be looking at or doing? If you could tell the world to go do something. Just type art into Google. I, I feel like if any, no, I mean, honestly, this is going to be like such a caveat from this. It was like, if anything, I would tell people just to go outside and be outside. Hmm. You know, it's like, that's where you can really like get away from everything because like, that's when you are a little advice. bit more in centered and grounded into you. And then you're more open to receive things that you wouldn't have noticed before because you're not rushing to the store or rushing to pick up your kids or whatever, you know, and we all get into those patterns. That's life. So it'll be, if when you can find those moments where you can just stop and breathe and be like, oh, yeah. Go outside and engage. Go outside and engage. All right. That's Great advice. Extremely good advice. And hey, thank you so much for doing Thanks this. Thanks for having this me. This was awesome. This was so fun. I was so excited to be on here. Well, friends, that was Hello Postlight. And if you want to say hello to MA, you can send an email to hello at postlight.com. Where do you stand on the design? I mean, I'm, I'm a ca- I'm just to be clear, I'm a casual user. I found it a little noisy on the edges, but I found what I was doing is I was close. I was scrunching my browser to calm down the interface so I could just see the timeline because mm-hmm. it's responsive. But wh- where do you stand on it? First of all, I'll just say I think I think they did a good job. I think it's good. Let me let me ask you a question before I ask you that question. Okay, why did they do this? See, this is where we got to get into it for the listeners because it's not because it looked particularly dated or. They didn't feel it was up to date enough. 
It's almost invariably at that scale because the system of design and doing things on Twitter had become rigid and they weren't able to be fluid in building new things or trying new things or creating experience. Like I'm assuming that if you're Twitter, you don't redesign because you go, you know, yellow isn't cool anymore. Let's go with blue. No. That's a different problem. That's your sort of your visual interface. And what, what you want is a system where you can tweak the those parameters as part of the design system. It's like, how are we doing windowing? How are we doing layers of information? What is the what is a tweet? And if I'm going to arrange tweets in a long thread, how should that be? It's a simple product, but there are thousands of decisions that have to go into making that. And you've got, I actually have spent quite a bit of time with it. I'm trying to sort of work, and I'm still working in my head to try to understand all the decisions that went into this thing. Interesting. <laughs> well, I think it's also forward looking, right? I mean, one of the design changes that came to mind that everyone went bananas about was when Apple went from their wide plug to uh, lightning. Right. And everybody lost their shit. They're like, are you kidding me? Yeah, another USB thing? Uh, and more adapters and, and this and that. But what, really what you were looking at wasn't Apple trying to be slick. It was Apple thinking about the next seven years. Yep. They were thinking about the prototypes yeah. and the roadmap that they had. I want to charge faster. I might need to get a couple gigabytes of data in here in like two minutes if I could. And you know, and, yeah. and also just this, probably the physical size components that they're yep. crunching together yep. in that thing. So I there's no doubt and and to your point, they are looking ahead at their roadmap as they set this design. That's up. right. And like what they have to build is like it's both a new design and a new experience, but it's also what you see, it's new scaffolding. It's well a new way to build the new design. Yeah. Look, I'll tell you the things that I I do see some tensions in there. Like if you ask me purely on aesthetics, it's not clear what's a button and what's navigation. Things have rounded edges, things have square edges, things use different shades. And you're not always, it's so it's so sort of big and sprawling that way. And you're like, oh, is, oh, that's nav, that's a button, that's an avatar, and that's a link, and so on. And there's a, a couple products in there that they never quite fully know what to do with, like linking and bookmarking. Hmm. They're, they're trying to make it more sort of useful, but it, it doesn't, they ne it ne never quite gets to the yeah. floor. Yeah. And what you see and the way that I see it is you see the business requirements around it being like a social network where people chat, right? There are a lot of people who have 20 followers and they follow a couple companies and a couple people and they kind of bullshit with their friends. And then, then they're like one day they just erase their whole account because there's some drama and because they, they don't care that much. Yeah, right? yeah, they're yeah. Not, and that's probably the hundreds of the millions of users, right? That's yeah. almost all of them. Yeah. And then you've got the 1% who are like, this is my brand and this is what I do. Yeah. And and brands, like there are brands on there. There are any sort of public figures on there. I mean, down to the councilman in a small town. Who also say the same stupid stuff, but they can't quite erase their account in the same way. <laughs> they do. They do. Um, go ahead. So good work. Fundamentally, like I move the mouse. I move the mouse. I move the window. I have different, like it's responsive. It sort of all fits together. And I got used to it in about a week. So on the left, it's navigation. And there's some nice work, actually, just in terms of the interface and how the, you know, it shrinks down the icons, it expands, there's labels. It's kind of clear what things are for, especially if you've been around the site for a while. Yep. On the right, you've got your trending topics and people to follow and things like that. And they're clearly trying to find a balance between, like, are we a media and news company or are we a social network where you can talk to your friends? So the right is them constantly. The feed is just, here's who you follow. And we're, sometimes we... 
change the order of it, and we're not going to tell you what the hell we're doing, but good luck. Okay? It's sort of it's sort of hands-off at this point. Yeah, I don't the, know if you can touch it. Yeah, so the left is the nav, and every now and then there's going to be a new icon. Like every year, they're going to yeah. add a new icon, and then they'll take one away. Yeah. Like moments. I don't know what moments Or television are. will show up. <laughs> Remember, I mean, that was the thing. We talked about this on a previous podcast. At one point, they put a little TV just yeah. in the middle of the site, and it <laughs> went away like two months later. So the left is like, oh, there's going to be new, something new called like refreshers, and yeah. it'll be like, you know, classic tweets, and then that'll yeah. be gone in six months, and yeah. they'll have a little icon. I, I, you got to wonder if sort of the ad real estate is also part of the thinking here as they do this. Well, I mean, right now they've just basically said, go into the feed, get in there and just drop the promoted tweets. And that's where the eyeballs are. So your revenue is coming out of that feed. And then the right is all about engagement. Like I'm going to get you to follow more people, look at more trends and so on. It feels like it's trying to be media, but then it backs off. It's like, hey, I'm going to be your newspaper. Don't blame them. No, it's exactly right. Who wants to be a media company? It's terrible. Yeah. Those don't make money and they shut down, whereas right. social media companies do real good. Yeah, exactly. And so, but you can see, but they don't have a choice because they actually are capturing the zeitgeist and the users want it. You know, the users want to know what's big and what's happening. Let's talk for a minute about the Notice world. how little of this is about pixels and colors. Yeah. This is about like... Well, it's about business. It's about the objects in the design system have to reflect the business and serve the users. That's how everything should be driven. Ultimately, you know, a great designer elevates out to the business altitude or the, the needs altitude. There are some amazing designers who just you know, make everything look really beautiful, but the ones that really understand and internalize the needs, mm-hmm. ultimately their needs, whether there are business needs or user needs. It's systems. And then um, you know who else in this world... You know him. I don't think I've ever met him. Jeff Tian. He designed the little faces that respond to He Facebook. was involved with the team that dealt with going beyond the... Thumbs uh, up, the, the like up. on Facebook. Correct. So you got all those little faces. Those things now are Facebook. It, I mean, it's huge. And I think... And I used to make jokes about it. Uh, oh, my God, they're still working on it. It's crazy because he would share kind of some of the studies he was doing because, you know, like uh, an AOK may be like really insulting in certain countries. This is and, the real world. And so it's like and that and visual expression. Months, Paul. He spent months. They spent so much time researching. On the happy faces. But boy, is it fun. Is it the glue at and this now it's, point it's of the what branding Facebook and it's the, is? And, you know, and people have lots of thoughts about Facebook right now, but... That was an unbelievable design success, articulating what the product's for and driving engagement with its users. Yeah. yeah. So you've got this like five levels of business down below what looks to be a, a silly happy face. And, and that's de- that is design in this world. Even experts in technology or people who are really tech savvy, often like I'll do it. I'll be like scratching I'm like, what the hell are you doing there? And mm-hmm. meanwhile, you don't realize there's 5,000 hours of thinking oh, can you that went into a thing. Some of it looks crude. Some yeah. of it doesn't look right. It looks off, but there's so much that goes into that thinking. The people at Twitter who did this design worked really, really hard. That's what I would say. Like it's so clear. Oh yeah. That oh, this yeah, was yeah, yeah. a hard one to pull off and they did good. They did good from a purely design. Now we have to discuss whether Twitter, you know, for some reason everyone's just accepted that like Donald Trump is still on Twitter. Like that whole discussion's gone away. I think we're more upset about Facebook now as a culture. <laughs> but there's all that stuff is over to the side. But the aesthetics of that thing are solid. And I think it's it got really usable really fast for me after a brief moment of disorientation. But that's, I, I swear to God, I spent a lot of time as I've been using it 
trying to tease the strategy out from what they did because there's clearly a, a real system there. Yep. Yep. So, you know, I know it was hard. Good luck out there. I mean, overall, it's a good job. This kind of stuff, are you going to make everyone happy and it's going to be this rousing standing applause like at the end of a play? Never. Not going to happen. I mean, that is reality. Never. That's, a, that's the only challenge there. You know, it's funny. I thought this would be a relatively straightforward conversation. We'd end up talking about left nav, right nav, center nav, and what they did. I'm about 1% into what I want to say about Twitter's redesign. It's a deep pool. I would love to get one of the designers on here to talk through the process and how what they had to think about and who they had to talk that's to. That's the thing. That are, that's Can you imagine? Thing. Can you imagine? And then there is, it does drill down to 30,000 separate screens that get yeah. sketched out. Dude, it's also, look at your audience. It's Twitter. I know. I it's know. the it's like you can't it's win. the audience where everybody goes to shit on someone else's you design. You cannot like, win. This is not a like throw pillow forum. This no, is Twitter. Your whole community is there, and they're going to yell at you. They're ready. They're there. They're, yeah. What the f just happened? And then the gifts kick in, and all, oh, <laughs> it just yeah. starts rolling out immediately. Yeah, and you got to work with engineering, and there's just there's product in the mix. It's so big and complicated. It's funny. There's a time in my life where I'm like, boy, that would have been amazing to work on. That one in particular I look at and I'm like, that would have just been a lot of work. Yeah. <laughs> and also, God bless, but meetings with Jack Dorsey where he talks about the vision while he makes you look at the Golden Gate Bridge and says, you know, what dog are you? Like, I can't do that. I'm, I'm too old. I'm too fat. I'm too gray to listen to that. And, you know, like if this was if the whole site, what if we could do it as a triangle? We're fans of Twitter. Yeah. And Jack Dorsey. I love Jack. Come on the show, Jack. I'm going to ask you about what yeah. the hell is going on in yeah. your brain. <laughs> so look, Rich. Yes. What if you wanted to redesign something that was really big and complicated and, and went all the way down to the bones, all the way down to the central processing unit? I call somebody. Well, I wouldn't call anybody. I would just come to work because I got the people here to do that work for. Oh, you. I thought you were asking me in the abstract. Oh, yeah. I mean, I would. I would. It's too bad we don't have any clue how to communicate after four years. No, it's just a tragedy. Uh, yeah, uh, post light. Yeah, that's a good uh, answer. If you want to rethink, redesign, rearchitect, we are uh, your your shop of choice. There are not many like. What you us. get is true product talent, people who think about these kind of problems, the big platform problems, and Twitter's an obvious design. Twitter's got a half a billion users, right? So I mean, it's like yeah, 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 different that's... case. But you're a big organization and you've got, you know, a couple hundred thousand users, but each one of them is paying a couple thousand dollars a year. That's a good post light space. We can make things better and faster and, and more pleasant for them because we have the people who think that way all day. We think that way, not just in terms of sort of the more narrow problem you're looking to solve, but also the bigger transformational stuff that you're looking to solve too. So talk to us. Yeah. We are in New York City. Hello at postlight.com. We're actually everywhere. But based in New York. That's true. Headquarters is New York City. We have lots of events. We've got a podcast. You're listening to it. Hello at postlight.com. All right, let's get back to work and build some big things, build some design systems. Have a great week, everyone. Bye.